Hello and welcome to the intro to the Nightcap Podcast. Uh, we have a good friend of mine, and I won't call him a TV critic. Uh, I would call him more of a TV connoisseur. Uh, he is someone that has a passion for TV and movies. He actually spent, I think, 10 years of his life watching a new movie every single day of the year. Uh, he's pretty like ritualistic, so that's a big deal for him, and he was pretty dedicated to it. Um, me and him, his name is Casey Collins, and me and him have been friends for about six years now, and... Uh, really just enjoy talking about television, enjoy talking about what TV shows are doing, what are trends, what are happening, what, what's happening, what actors are you know catching fire, what actors are falling off, what people are picking up. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We're going to go over our top five uh, TV shows for the year so far. We're also going to talk about some TV shows coming up and some stuff that you need to look forward to. Also, uh, the five things you need to know this week, we are going to talk about Anthony Bourdain. Um, pretty sad and tragic death. Um, really impacted me a lot. Um, We'll talk about suicide in America. We're going to talk a lot about uh, LeBron James in the NBA and some of the other things. So please check it out. And also, brand new thing for the Nightcap podcast, the Nightcap Song of the Week, uh, which will play at the end. And it'll be something that I've been listening to this week or this month and something I wanted you guys to hear. So stay tuned for that at the very end. See you guys. Mike, hit the music. to the nightcap i am your host john michael and these are the five things you need to know number one the nba finals came and went in one of the more embarrassing sweeps that one can remember do not mistake this for what happened in 2007 which was the last time that we saw a sweep and also it involved a young lebron james that was a team of potential not one that had a ring it also didn't have a leader with multiple rings this was a devastating loss not only for the Cavs but also for the legacy of lebron james with that being said, I think this is the last time we're probably seeing LeBron James in the Cleveland jersey, unless he does one of those signed to retire kind of things. So as we stand on the verge of a summer where the king is deciding where he decides to take his talents, which is number three now, let's consider what this means for LeBron. Where he chooses to go will determine what he wants to be for the final years of his career. LeBron has always been one who controls the narrative for himself and his career. Now, will we choose to be a mercenary jumping from team to team in pursuit of a ring from year to year in Houston, which is what he would likely be doing because it can only be there for one or two years? Or will he join young talent with budding superstars and build something that a franchise has been searching for for a couple of years now, which is rings in Laker Nation? Might he choose to be vindictive and kick Kyrie out of Boston for the easiest way to get back to the finals in the East? Or will we do what I want him to do, which is go to New Orleans with Anthony Davis, build something no one has ever seen in that city? which is an NBA champion. Either way, he goes into what is most certainly going to change the landscape of the NBA for the next few years. And he might also drastically change it for good. Because if he goes to the West, I see no way you can justify doing an East versus West playoff situation. You've got to change it to a 1-16, through 16, and as we all know, that'll change the NBA for good. Number two, following up from the Gaza story we did last week and the uh, battles going on between both the Palestine government and the Israeli government. 
on that very night, a 20-year-old medic was shot and killed. A female medic was shot and killed uh, by the Israeli military. This is now the 115th person killed since the end of March when the protests began, and she is the second woman that has been killed. Israel immediately came out and said that they would investigate the shooting and follow their normal procedure. But in a situation where one side feels like they are protesting for basic human rights and the other, other side views most of these protesters as terrorists, you're almost left with a scenario where they're going to say that if you're in that area and you're shot, it's your fault. Which is why last week I said we need to keep our eyes on this story because we have to push our government and the people in power to stand up for the marginalized in this situation. If we don't, they're never going to do anything. This is where the U.S. is in its current administration struggles a lot. Because for the better part of 150 years, we have been a uniting force and have been trying to stand for freedom and opportunity around the world. But with Trump in office, that picture is changing. So we the people have to make that picture clear because our president sure as hell isn't. And number three, listeners, we here at Shift Division Media are afraid that we're going to be downgrading. We're moving from a G7 to a G6. And while I wish we were talking about airplanes, unfortunately, I'm talking about the group of seven which is a group of countries that make up seven of the largest global economies in the world. That group is supposed to work together to determine global economic strategy amongst each other to better affect the planet. That group controls over 60% of the world's economic power. And guess what? Trump's can't seem to get along with them. First, he said that Russia should be let back in, which it was in back when it was a G8, but we kicked him out because they did a little thing called annexing Crimea and basically starting a war with another country. By the way, that's not necessarily over. They're still in Crimea, and they haven't stopped aggression towards the people in that region. So not only is it inaccurate, but it's kind of a big freaking deal that Trump doesn't know that. And then he decided to change his mind on endorsing their note and statement moving forward into trade negotiations. He also decided to beef with just about every leader at the conference, especially our neighbors to the North and Canada. And as you remember, the North always remembers. So... They also responded back to Trump, Trudeau even hinting that they weren't scared to make it a G6 and kick the U.S. out. So it begs the question, how come Trump has such a hard time dealing with the strongest democratic leaders in the world, but seems to have no problem making nice with the world's biggest dictators, fascists, and oligarchs? It's curious, isn't it? Point number four. This week, we saw the tragic deaths of both Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. Our thoughts and prayers go out to both of their families, and it has been, without a doubt, left a significant impact on our country as a whole. For me, Anthony Bourdain is one of my favorite TV and literary personalities. His infectious love for traveling, culture, and anything that could be eaten has to, is, has to be second to none. For me, the genuine care and respect he had for the world and the sensitivity towards the people from other countries was truly inspiring and hopefully something that we can carry as a mantle. Currently, the U.S. is struggling to find worthy examples for the international community and that's another reason why this passing is so hard. He taught us not to fear the world and all of its many mysteries. But in many ways, he also taught the world not to fear us and ours. But this also highlights one of the biggest things that's growing in the United States, which is the crisis of suicide. Both, both deaths came on the tails of the CDC announcing that suicide is now the 10th largest cause of death in the United States, which is up since 2007. You see suicide rates climb when a country sees economic hard time and unemployment go up. Coincidentally, the U.S. went through that in 2008, and it's still been going through it since then. And we, saw, we also see the rise in 2008 of the biggest thing that's affecting all of us, social media. And it's one thing that 
to, for us to say that we're all more connected, but studies are showing that we're actually more separated than we have ever been. More people clinging to social media for their sense of connectivity, also living up to higher standards, having, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses has now been escalated to where you're not keeping up with just your neighbors. You're keeping up with celebrity, wealth, success. It becomes an isolating thing. And when you're dealing with economic downturn, a president and a government that makes you feel unease, a world climate with terrorism, and, you know, basically the world can seem like it's on fire to some people. And this is something that we're seeing connected with social media. And it's kind of creating a powder keg that we don't necessarily know how we're going to handle. But the first thing we can do and the most genuine thing we can do is care about those around us. Recognize the signs of people that are in need. Recognize people crying for help. And don't necessarily go to them to fix their problem. Just go to listen. And point five, net neutrality. We were gonna have the we were gonna have this released on Sunday, and we actually got kind of lucky by doing it and releasing it on a Monday because, as of about two hours ago, net neutrality has been repealed. Why is this important? Well, it's important for Shift Division Media and the Pour Up Podcast as well as the Nightcap because we're on the internet, and net neutrality makes the internet a level playing field. No matter if you're a startup website for a computer repair company or your Verizon, you get the same amount of speed and availability across the internet. Net neutrality basically means that companies can charge you a premium if you have more bandwidth now, or you call or use up more bandwidth. Now, some people are going to say, well, I'm on Sling every day and it runs really slow. That's not because people are throttling down the amount of bandwidth Sling uses. That's because of the amount of people using the server. So that just means that now we could see even more delays. Or what I'm worried about is let's say that Facebook continues to be against the Republican Party. And the Republican Party has donors and people in power that control certain internet, internet companies and bandwidth providers. Who's to say that they don't throttle down Facebook so it makes it harder to use Facebook or harder to use CNN and easier to use Fox News or vice versa? Either way you're looking at it, they can leverage the amount of things you see, and the internet has now become really a more part of, or as much a part of our lives as water, air, and going to work. And if it can be drastically affected by whether someone's paying a premium or not, I'd say we're in a dangerous situation. So these are the five things you need to know. Hope you guys do research on them. We'll continue to follow up and update. I know that Congress is drastically trying to get a repeal to the repeal of net neutrality. And... Uh, I'm interested to see where some of these other stories go. Now check out our interview with Casey Collins as we dive into TV in the first six months of television. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Nightcap uh, interview portion. We are lucky to have a friend of mine, a good friend, uh, part of the Shift Division family, because he's been on multiple podcasts now. It is Casey Collins. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Casey is here, and as tradition, when we have a guest in the studio here with us, we are going to uh, give them something to drink, and um, and it is a libation. It is something that they can enjoy of the alcoholic variety. And for you, we picked out Centauri Whiskey Tokai. Yes, we did. I did not, or actually I did know, but you reminded me, I'd forgotten, that this is actually the liquor that's drank in... Lost, Lost in Tran- Translation. Lost yeah. in Translation. And I was super happy about that because we're about to talk about some TV. We're going to talk about the beginning of 2018 and what TV has come out, what we've liked, what we've disliked. Our top five will come out at the end. But um, how do you like the whiskey? 
It was good. You didn't? Yeah, it was you good. Like it? Yeah. I, I had some uh I had some three hundred dollar whiskey uh last week and uh it you know, kind of pales in comparison. What to, did you have, the Pappy Van Winkle or something like that? No, my brother had some uh some super expensive McMillan whiskey. McAllen? Yeah, yeah, McAllen, McAllen. uh mm-hmm. whiskey and it was a special occasion, so we were I was up in Georgia and we cracked it open and it was good, but you know, three hundred dollars and forty dollars kinda there's not much of a difference. I'm not that discernible of a palate to uh, to notice a difference. I'll tell you this. I like this because I feel like when you drink certain liquors, you get certain feelings from them. I think everyone has that. You know, like, hey, I, I don't like to touch tequila or I don't like to touch vodka or I don't like to touch whiskey because of right. the nights I had while I drank it. Right. I feel like when I drink this, I've always had a good night. I've never had a bad night when I've drank Centauri. It's always great. It's not like there's a, a step above this, which is the Hibiki Harmony. It's not quite there, okay. which is such a delicious flavor. But this, like Centauri is like one of the best bottles you can get for like 40 bucks like 45 bucks something like that so yep. it's 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 a good bottle of whiskey and i'm glad that uh i'm glad i had some you know connectivity with what we we're doing i completely forgot that when i bought it i just yeah. kind of picked it out i feel like i should be in a tuxedo holding it and just turning to the camera every time and going, well since we're doing this on a podcast <laughs> we are in tuxedos i hope everyone knows we are we are gala ready for <laughs> for the award shows yeah so 2018 um, 2018 has been an interesting year. Um, I will say this because of the, the time we live in and, and social media and instant gratification of everything. I have to say like the beginning of the year started kind of slow when it comes with TV. We had like January and February before like shows started running, but what are some of the shows that have impressed you this year? We're not top five, but what are some things that you're watching right now that most people aren't watching? You gave me a, you gave me one before we started the fourth estate or the fifth estate. Fourth, fourth estate. It's on. Uh, it's on Showtime. It's. Uh, uh, I kind of found it on accident. It's a great show about the New York Times, and essentially them just battling against Trump, and also um, an antiquated business model trying to cope in the 21st century, dealing with social media and trying to be first, um, first in line to the story, um, and and. I found it after the fourth week, fourth episode, and I, you know, I caught up on the last four episodes, and I was even still entertained, you know, knowing about, uh, you know, it was essentially watching old news, mm-hmm. but it was just still entertaining how New York Times copes with uh, with dealing with uh, with these news stories and how fast they happen mm-hmm. in in real time. Now, is this a docu series? Um. Or is yeah. it scripted? So are there it's, characters, it's, or is it's it like a docu- real people? It's a docu series. Okay, and uh, it's uh, it's it's happening, and it's kind of now it's kind of up to to just about real time. So they just hmm. it's it's really good. And so where can like you find it. that again? Showtime. Showtime. Okay, yeah. Showtime's coming out with some good stuff because they had the political thing before the election, which was really good. Which seems like in like eons ago in yeah. two thousand sixteen. But uh, which I, I will say this, I have been someone who was on Casey's back all the time about voting. You did vote. Not yet. I, have, re- I have registered you to have registered be to vote a now. voter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've had enough. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm you had, done. You had enough. I'm, I, let me say this for the people that are listening to the podcast. For Casey to register to vote, you have to know that Trump is a terrible president. Like something is going off the rails if Casey I've is registered to vote. never voted in my entire life. Yeah. I, and since you're 23, it's quite, you know, it's been, 
It's you know what? It's been 23 years since I've been 18. Okay. So let's tell you how old I am. I've missed many many elections. I've never cared before, but I'm I'm just I'm done. I f- I finally feel like I got something to say. I feel like my voice needs to be heard. So okay. I am. Uh, so that's the fourth estate. Um, I will say this one like some of the shows that I've been watching. Um, I that that I would say. I would guess are newer is Killing Eve. Killing Eve just finished its first season on BBC America. Um, me and you both are BBC America. You know, yep. we're, we're we're always mining for the gold. We're mining for the new IP yes. from from BBC America. <laughs> yes. We're constantly we're going through the trudges of depressing British detective shows and um, random comedies about computers. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in it. We're we're, yeah. we're we're buying that stock. And Killing Eve, I will tell you this: it's a it's a a crime show about a, a, the I guess MI5 and British intelligence and how they work together with beat cops and kind of that thing. It's so it's got uh, one of the main characters from Grey's Anatomy, um, the Asian doctor. Um, she's in it. Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh. She yep. is in it, and she's the main character of it. She is Eve, and it's about her relationship with a mercenary. Um, really interesting character development. The the great thing I will say about this is so. I think we can agree on this. When you look, when you watch a TV show, you want to feel like you're stepping out of reality. When you're watching a scripted TV show, you want to step into a world. You want to step into a place that the writers and the creators of the show have made for you. And Killing Eve is something different. It's something original. And it makes you feel like I'm not here right now. Right. But real events are happening that are really happening in our world too. But you're you're somewhere else. And it's, it's so, so simple as someone... Like, just looking at someone else and be like, hey, do you want some of this? Like, splitting a bagel with someone or just, like, splitting food with someone, sharing a meal with them. And it seems so uh, genuine. And I will say that that Killing Eve is a great show. There's comedy in moments that shouldn't be comedy where, like, a mercenary is looking at someone in the face and she's like, are you going to kill me? And the mercenary is just like, yes. And she's like, are you going to do it right now? She's like, no. And there's just, like, this awkward relationship with a killer who has no remorse in them. And and their interaction with people, and I think you'll really enjoy it. That's really, yeah. It's really always it's always been my high water mark for a good show is if I get so immersed in it that I can't that when I'm I guess when I'm done watching it that I'm just like you know I've been I've been just totally zoned out and in that show that I'm just you know kind of shaking my head and blinking my eyes like hey. Where the hell was I just yeah. now? Mad Men like, did that. Mad yeah. Men was really good at that. You just get so immersed in it that that it's so good. You you everything else around you, all your surroundings, you just kind of just melts away, and then you're like, now it's over. You're like, whoa, where the hell was I? Mm. That that is a that's my determining factor of what a really good show is and that's or really a movie. Hard. That's really hard to do right now because yes. in, in in the age that we live in in 2018, there's a lot of social media, there's a lot of things to do. A lot of TV shows are almost built to where there's like like The Walking Dead. There is a built-in 15 minutes of The Walking Dead, a show where you can be on your phone and nothing happens to really like yes. that you, you feel like, "Oh no, I've missed something." I, and oh, yeah. I I got opinions on The Walking Dead. Okay, so let's go back to you mentioned The Fourth Estate, which is a yes. docu-series, yes. and docu-series are kind of having a boom right now because of award season and what they did with the OJ uh, series. We have the uh, Versace kind of like the, the telling of that. We also yep. have um, what was the, we've had, we've had a few docu-series that are coming out. They've had like, uh, mafia ones we've had, uh, Netflix is really doubling down on it with a lot of their docu-series. Um, it's kind of having a boom. Do you think that that's because OJ 
the OJ crime and because of the ratings of that? Or do you think that like America has an appetite for, I guess, knowing more about subjects? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with, uh, with the availability of all the information in the world at your fingertips, I think people are more used to knowing as, as much as possible they can about something. But when it's presented in such a package, like um, a good docu-series is presented to people, mm-hmm. then it's something people are going to want to watch a lot of. Okay. Um, now, so the, one of the, one of the, I guess, I guess you could call it, like one of the docu-series um, that has been on for a long time is Parts Unknown, RIP to Anthony Bourdain, but, um, which is a big, big loss for me personally as a fan of his, but one of the biggest docu-series that I see may, having like a really big rage is food docu-series. People's curiosity with how food is made, how, like Chef's Table, you have all the shows. I mean, there's a whole food network about it. But I think like what Netflix and what other channels are doing is really not getting to know the people that make the food or anything like that, but really finding like beauty in how food is put together and how food is found, like what, what countries, the origins and stuff like that. It's kind of like the History Channel and the Food Network decided to like have a baby and then you just, or National Geographic. Because sure. like you go to these different countries, you go to these different places. And I, I think that those docuseries for me personally are like my favorite to watch. Um, not necessarily like, I don't know how many times I can he- can see a show about World War II, but there's like, there's a lot. <laughs> like, like, like the IP on World War II is like vast. Like Dunkirk right. was the last thing that I watched about World War II and it was freaking, actually no, because I watched, uh, what was the Gary, Gary Oldman movie about World War II, the where he played Winston Churchill, like the uh, the Darkest Hour, the Darkest Hour. That was pretty good. That too. was good too. That was good too. English people, they're winning it for us right now. They're winning <laughs> it for us. Um, okay. Other than that, I wanted to go to the next thing that we want to talk about. Other than you know the docu series fad was Billions. Yeah, Billions is one of our favorite shows that's on right now. It just yep. wrapped up its third season. And it season is finally. finale. No, yeah, season, season finale this oh, Sunday. Is this Sunday? This, this Sunday, Sunday is. Okay, yes. so this Sunday is a season finale. Um, it's kind of doubling down on a fad that I think that um, TV shows are going in in general, which is rich guys are cool, and we want to know what rich guys like to do. We're well, buying a lot of rich guy IP right now. Well, yeah, it's, it's appealing to the middle class that wants to know what life is like when, if... You're a guy that's so damn rich that he just has so much money in the world. He they want to know how he lives. Yeah, right. to Say, the point where at one point in this show it says the wife looks at him and says three hundred and ten million dollars, Bobby. I don't know if we can live off that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, no, you're no, no shit. You're right. We can't live <laughs> off of that. Like that's how absurd the show is. Yeah, and and, and it's not even just. Uh, the middle class uh, kept, like a lot of professional basketball players and professional athletes like this because they do like service to like culture and the same thing they bring on like chefs they bring on well, yeah they, they can relate yeah they, they, they can relate to to living a version of that lifestyle that Bobby Axelrod lives um, you know like I said where that brings in that personal chef and serves that obscure French cuisine that is I think essentially was illegal in the United States. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of once I what saw that, that I go- it was that like weird French, French bird. Fr- no, it was like a bird. Yeah, it was like a bird, and then mm-hmm. like served the entire. I googled it yeah. once I read or saw about it, and I googled it, and then I saw I was like, 
yeah, that's 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 just a that's a lifestyle I just know nothing about, mm-hmm. and that's every day for where you're just so. giving people Maseratis and stuff like that. Yeah, but billions, as a gift. <laughs> I think what, I think one thing that Billions tapped into is a similar thing that, and so Billions is on Showtime. It's another Showtime show that we're talking about. If you if you guys haven't watched it, you can stream it on Hulu. You can also get yeah, you can get it on any of the Hulu Amazon. slings, Amazon, all that kind of stuff, or you can get it from Showtime now. I think this is what their thing is, but Showtime Billions. Really good show. They're three seasons in. I think it's ten to twelve seasons, uh, ten to twelve episodes a season. Yeah. Uh, Billions is a, a kind of in the same vein of what I would compare like Entourage to, where it's kind of like it's cool having a lot of money. Let's throw a lot of like it's got a lot of beautiful women. It's got a lot of extravagant toys, and it's got guys with a lot of money. Yeah. And like those are the like that's the like a similar formula for me for that. But the directors of that show, I was listening to those, and it's the same guys. Um, th- that made a few different shows in that vein. And they said that this show is where they're, this is their depository for everything they're interested in. So like the things that they think are cool, like going to a car show and buying like expensive cars or going like getting, like going to um, salt Bay's restaurant or going, like going to these like, like craft cocktails, expensive restaurants, like that kind of thing. That's what they're into. And this is their show to do that. And it, it is probably one of the best shows for a person like me and you, which loves which loves pop culture like trivia, and they they throw in lines from like random things. Very obscure Very references, obscure. yeah. But I think the great thing about Billions is I was I liked it in the beginning. I think the second season was kind of a a, a dip in in terms of a, a, a how good it was, and I think now. I think what's in a fourth third. season this or third, third season. Mm-hmm. I think third season it just it got it got good. I think it's hitting its stride. Yeah, and not to spoil anything, but it got away from if you if even on the first season if you watch the pr- promos for it, it's basically Paul Giamatti versus um, the redhead guy from Homeland. Yeah, and I, I apologize, I'm going to butcher people's names this whole time, <laughs> but Paul Giamatti and that guy, and it's basically the war between those two, and it's successfully in the third season gone from solving that to a certain extent. It's not over. Right. But moving past it to realizing there are other, and that's a big thing for a show to do. Like sometimes shows die on that mountain; they can't get over that hill. Yes, because you're 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 essentially asking the audience to, okay, that story's over, but let's go in this direction. Let's look over here and see what else is going on. And I kind of like it. I, I I like the direction it's going. I think I I like uh, I like uh, was it Tyler or Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, Taylor. I like her. I think she's a. I think she's a good character. I like. I like she Ben is, Kim. You know, she is not so. Uh, Taylor, her name. Uh, I'm gonna look Asia it up. Asia Dillon. Asian Dillon. Asia yeah. Dillon. Asia Dillon. Asia is, Kate Dillon. Asia Kate Dillon. Yeah. She is the one. She is the first actor to be actual like gender plural in a okay. TV show. She plays a gender plural, plural character. If you watch the show, she tells everyone to her pronouns are. They, them, and there, yeah. and she tells people not to use him or her or anything like that, and that is literally how she lives her life, and that's really? pretty interesting. Like that, that I, I thought the same thing with Sense Eight, which if you watch Sense Eight, I don't, I think you've watched one season of Sense Eight, uh, two. I stopped at the Christmas special. Okay, she stopped at the Christmas. Special. So season two came out a year ago. Fan sourced and got a, thir- a, tw- a last episode yes. for season series finale of Sense Eight. But in that show, they have a trans uh, actor, and she right. is actually, or she is actually a trans individual. I really find that interesting. That n- not only that those people, like that they are able to cast those people, but those people are getting that opportunity is pretty cool. Um, but Asia Kate Dillon is probably the MVP of that show to me. She's my favorite character when she yes. came on in season two and then season three. 
she is so original as far as a character and her personality and what she does, how she acts. I think she's she's gonna be great. I think she's in a she's got a few movies coming out. She's she's making some waves. She's gonna do some things. I would like to see a show based on her. Yeah, like yeah. a spinoff. Yeah. Oh, speaking of spinoffs, uh, Game of Thrones got its first its first spinoff announced. They're gonna really? do young. Is it young? It's um it's the story of the White Walkers and how they became Mike. Do you have any info on that? Yeah, it's the Starks uh, prequel. It's the prequel before all of this happens, before the big war where, a, like, Jon Snow's born. Before right. that, like, you're going to see the origin of the Walkers, the origin of Westeros, and the, I think the death of, um, like, what was the, like, the like where the Targaryens were ruling? It's like how the Targaryens came into power and that kind of thing. Where, like, they're... I, the only thing that I knew was, if you're going that early in Game of Thrones season, it's going to be a very expensive show because they're going to have to have dragons everywhere. You're going to have to have dragons if you're in that. And it's not like dragons growing up and being a small part of it. You're going to have to have dragons being like a pronounced role in it. They're literally flying around all the time. And this is off book? This isn't this just Fire and Ice? No, this, no, no, no. This is all... No, no. This is a... This is... Not, so, not so, in Fire and Ice at all. This, this is not in Fire and Ice. Okay. But he... The interesting thing about Game of Thrones is that it's not just the books that the, these shows are based off of. He also wrote like a really big book that is basically just like a, a timetable of all of the years and events kind of like a thesaurus so you could understand everything happening in his books and so this is based off of that and it's it's co-written with uh um the guy who wrote game of thrones so it's not just like outside of it he's part of it too so okay they got their they got their george R. R. Martin. other the other shows that i want to talk about um that are kind of in the same vein as Billions is a new show that just started on HBO, which is called Succession. Did you check that out for episode one? No, I am aware of it. Okay. Um, how many episodes are just there? One. Just, just, the just one. Just one? Yeah. Oh, dang it. I thought it's like two or three. I've seen, I've, I've read the synopsis of it. Um, it's definitely something I'm looking at because HBO does not put out, I don't think, Put out a shitty product. Yeah, at all. HBO <laughs> and the NFL own Sunday. I feel like there's there's a couple yes. of things that you have like HBO for about twenty years now has owned Sunday. Actually, longer than that since when did Oz come out? Like early nineties or mid nineties? So okay. about twenty five uh, years. Late nineties. Late nineties. I think for twenty five no. years, HBO has owned Sunday night television. Yeah, and they don't disappoint. This is their. It's not their. It, I don't want to say it's their billions, but it, it's a show about basically a network television um, empire. Kind of, kind of like Fox News. Kind of like Fox News. Kind of like hinting at it a little 90, bit. Ninety-seven to 03 was 97, awesome. 97 to 03. So ninety-seven. So yeah, we're looking at. Well, damn, we're on. They're over. They're about you know twenty years, twenty-one 20, years, twenty-one yeah, 20 years. years. Um. So this show is based around a TV network similar to Oz, or similar not Oz, similar to Fox <laughs> News, uh, which at times is probably like Oz. Um. But Fox News, and it's about the family and owning it, and like it's made by the same guy that did uh, the Big Short. Yeah. Uh, he wrote it, and he he's written this, and he's directing this, I believe. And it's about the growth of that also. And I apologize about that. That is my dad's dog, Jose. He is uh, our guard dog extraordinaire, the Chihuahua. But it's his show. It's his uh, it's his baby and his development. And uh, it's pretty good from the first episode I'll see. It's got a lot of the actors from the Big Short. So that's, oh, also, really? in, that's also entertaining. I know that me and you were both fans of that. So fans okay. of that movie. So I think it's something that you should uh, dabble in. I want to talk about another HBO show. Since we are big fans of HBO, I put it on my list, and I'm interested to see if you spent the time to watch it, is Here and Now, which was no. an HBO show. It was their first one of the season. It is one of the 
worst shows I've ever seen yes. on HBO. Haven't so watched don't a watch it. minute of it. Don't watch it. It's which which one is that about? Uh, it's about the family that has adopted kids from different regions of the world and about their relationship with them. And there's like this supernatural feeling of who like, stars who stars in it. That's a really good question. Oh, uh, Timothy Ro- uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Yes, is in it. and uh, uh, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yes, and Tim Robbins. I have. It, it, it looked crappy to me, and I did not want to watch it at all. It was it, made by the same guy that did Six Feet Under, and that's yeah. why I signed on for it. Yeah, well. But it was a show that's basically surrounded around asking questions, but the answers aren't important. And shows like that, for me, are stupid. I get mad. Like, if, if you're going to ask the question, have the discussion. Don't just talk about something to eventually let it go and just give up on it. And that's what he did. There was a lot of, there was, they, I feel like they went in all directions. It was an all things to all people show. And then at the end, it just kind of ended with an open question mark. It was like, we don't have to answer the question. That's the beauty of the show. And I'm like, nah, no. Nah. And it was critically lambasted. It was canceled after one season. Really? It's one of the first, ep- one of the first HBO shows that I can remember in, it's been a long time. Maybe Enlightenment might be the last one that I can think of, but like there hasn't been a lot of HBO shows that have been canned after one season. Wow. Because those, those are both, Academy Award winners. Yeah, Tim Robbins is a he's the biggest fan of the show from what I've seen from Twitter. He's a wow. huge fan of that show. Huh. I guess they can make a crappy product. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, other HBO shows that I know that we were interested in was Barry. Yeah. You said you had some opinions about that show. It is it possibly could be in my top five. I want to see what your what your opinions of it were. It was good. Okay. I, I liked it. I like the hairless um the ball guy the hairless yeah the, the hairless mobster he was yeah, great man i, I think i think it was a great character yeah um i had expectations of what i heard the critics say about the show mm-hmm. uh that were a lot higher than what Super actually was delivered it, yeah okay so i'm in the belief that it, it lived it exceeded my expectations because i worried about the show to start off with and I worried if it was going to be good or if it wasn't going to be good. And I watched it the first couple episodes. I wasn't convinced. I was like two episodes in. I was like, I don't know. Right. Episode five and six, though, by the way, directed by the same director um, for Atlanta. He directed episode five no and shit. six. The ones where they did like the shooting, like where they're, they're driving the SUV into the cartel and they get shot up. That yeah. episode's him. Oh, and the next good. episode's him. So big director. But I feel like it surprised me completely. Like, Bill Hader, I thought it was going to be, like, this ironic thing with Bill Hader being an uh, assassin, and it wasn't really going to be that. It was that. Like, there were some tough conversations and tough moments of this show. Right. And I was, I, like I said, it's it's one of my favorite shows of the year so far. I think, I think Bill Hader did a very good job of being a guy that was trying to live in a society, but at the same time being a, a ruthless killer. I think he did, I think he did real good. His I, name is Noho Hank, by the way. The ball guy, like as uh, in like yeah. North Hollywood Hank, like Noho Hank. <laughs> <laughs> I I googled him. He actually has a disease, uh, the alope- alopecia. alopecia? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it just caused him to lo- to lose all his all his body hair. But I, I looked past that, and I just looked at that character, the way he just kind of plays and talks, and I just yeah. it was just very appealing. To the, me. the the my favorite part of uh, my favorite scene with him, and the scene where I almost fell off my couch laughing, was they're in. Um, there, it's at the, the season finale of the show and there's like police helicopters coming and he walks out with like a tea set in his hands and he's like oh there's helicopters oh wait 
I think they're coming towards us. Hey guys, we should go. And he just like drops everything. And it's just so nonchalant, so calm. And in his accent, yeah. it's just the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. It's like, yes, those helicopters are coming to you. You're part of the mob. <laughs> like, what, where would they be going? Like, where else would they be heading to? I thought, I thought that Barry did a really good job of, of talking about serious issues. So like PTSD, sure. the battle with that, um, in a very, fu- very way in a way that didn't make you face it and talk about it but it lets you observe it and i thought that was a really good job and it's an interesting job for someone in bill Hader that i don't think has suffered from ptsd so that's something that's entertaining the other thing i thought it did was show you behind the curtain what you actually go through in acting school as someone who has gone to an acting class has has done scenes who has worked on that has sit sat in the room as people have done these things that was so true. It was so real life. I was sitting there and I was like, this is exactly what happened to me for two and a half years. Is of, of, of people, there, was, there were people that took their job seriously and wanted to be successful yes. in something. And then there were people that, did, that wanted to be successful in something and also had no chill. <laughs> like they had no like, I'm a normal person too. It was just like, I'm locked in. This is what I'm doing. Sure. And if you weren't on the same level, they didn't necessarily like. Well, they weren't kind to you. <laughs> they were really? they, they, they were just kind of like I'm I'm right here, and if you're not right there, you know. And it, there were some things that there was also some things that I think like Republicans would say like being a libtard of like, which happens to me every day, where you're trying to be conscious of all social issues, and sometimes you talk about them in a way that is vapid, and kind of just like open and the way that they address that with the PTSD where he's like I've had to kill people you don't understand my struggle and then they look at him like oh I'm so sorry please explain it to me and he looks at him like I can't teach you what PTSD is right. and it's kind of like it's, it's an interesting thing yeah I just I don't know I, the way they hype up a show and give it all these accolades before it's even aired mm-hmm. and all these reviews that just kind of like psh- HBO's next greatest show. Psh. HBO's done it again. Psh. You know, just I hear that, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be amazing." And then it just seemed very kind of basic mm-hmm. and kind of simple to me. It was a good show, but I had a expectation of something better than what was presented to me. I thought HBO was going to do something a lot bigger and grander scale. It's definitely an art, I would say like an arts, a more of art noir TV show. And I think that's kind yeah. of, yeah, it's more of a, a genre pick. I would, I would compare it, I'm trying to think, and it's, it's kind of hard to compare because it's so different in, in the vein of what it does because it really is like a, a show about a, a hitman. It's yeah. a show about a guy that, you know, kills people for a living. Um, but it's, it's, I think that, because you see Bill Hader, you see um, Henry Winkler, you see uh, some of the directors they put on the show, and you expect a show with kind of like the gravitas of a succession. And what you get is more of kind of like a divorce level, like intimate TV show where it's a lot of like one and two. It's two people. It's a tight camera. It's not like big scenes, big like grandiose things. It's more of like, hey, we're just going to be in a room with people, watch them interact, and like let's let's like watch how that experience happens. And it's good. The one thing I want to talk about is the fact that we've been talking for... How long have we been talking for, Mike? 28 minutes, and we have not named one syndic- one 
TV show on network television yet. Interesting. Really? Sounds like maybe network TV is dead. No, do you think it is dead, or do you think it's given up? I think that I think I think they might have chosen to bow out of the let's make really good television. It's not dead; it's dying. Yeah, it's it it can't compete. Mm-hmm. It can't. No, it's got. I think this is us, which I've never seen a single episode. Which all I've heard it's is nothing on my but list too. It's which on is my list. yes, which is nothing but from what I've heard is nothing but great. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to watch it. It, it is it is what network television does really good. There's two things network television does good. There's sitcoms and just like that, you know, the Big Bang Theory, Friends, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then there's uh, drama and kind of soap operatic TV. That okay. is what This Is Us is. Okay. I I don't think they're able to keep up with streaming sites like Hulu and, mm-hmm. and Netflix and Amazon. They're not able to pay people as much. No. I think that they're so focused on bottom line that if you're going to bring something to air, that it better be a proven winner. Mm-hmm. And when you have a proven winner, um, they're going to support it. But Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu are going to take a non-proven winner and they're going to push it through and it's going to find an audience that um, network television isn't aware that existed before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's tons of people that shop these things to NBC, ABC, and Fox and they pass on them and they go to Hulu. They go to Netflix. I'm sure Handmaid's Tale was probably presented to ABC or NBC at one mm. point and they just said, you know, there's no way we can we can show this. Well, the one thing that you have which we 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 discussed before is the advantage that HBO has with subscribers. The instant income and instant budget they have with the amount of people that yeah. subscribe to the network. Uh, Hulu, Amazon, those channels have that as well. Um, and I think what they're doing is they're almost doubling down on th- they're buying up the talent that yeah. that network TV would have to choose from, and they're grabbing the tours, the creators, like the people. Like I'm surprised, Matt, uh, uh, sure Mike Sure is still with NBC. I'm surprised Netflix hasn't just bought him up and been like, "Hey, do this on our channel," and now you have none of the pressure of like Sweeps Week or ratings or any of that. You just produce ten shows. We'll put them on, and people will watch them because they buy Netflix, and this is our like, we're we're easier for them. Well, you got to remember, Mike Sure, he came from The Office, then he did Parks and Rec, and now he's doing The Good Place. Yeah, The Good Place. And when you have that type of seniority, you're probably able to get away with certain things that you probably, I mean, he could probably get away with them as well as Netflix, because from what I've heard, they don't get very involved in the production of the. Um, shows that they produce. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Mike Sure kind of, he's in the same position where NBC probably doesn't get that involved in the shows that he produces. So he has creativity. And mm-hmm. to me, I think NBC, ABC, uh, CBS, and Fox are the death of creativity. When I it- think CBS is, CBS might be the best of those four, though. Yeah. But you're right. I think there are. I would say this. I think they they have to swing. They have to have a broader brushstroke on what they do. Yeah. They have to appeal to more people, and so in trying to do that, 
you have to be all things to all people, which is kind of what we talk about with Star Wars at times. Mm-hmm. In Star Wars, you have to hit certain notes to make all fan- the most amount of fans happy you can in the Venn diagram of people that come into Star Wars. In, in network television, you have to hit certain things. You have to hit the family note. You have to hit the, a little bit of the drama note, but a little, like a little bit of that funny note. You have to hit a little bit of that, and you can't cuss, and you also need to fit it into 27 minutes <laughs> or 45. And you and, have to appeal to everybody. And you have to appeal to everyone. You have to have... You have to have a character from every percentage of person that is on the planet. And, it's and, and possible. It's, 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 it is. It is. But it's fucking hard. <laughs> and you have to do it, I think. There's there's more pressure and I think less upfront money in doing it. Because if you look, they just gave Peter Jackson a billion dollars. Amazon gave Peter Jackson, or gave, gave Lord of the Rings, a billion dollars to make a Lord of the Rings show. Get out of here. Yeah. And Amazon is about to roll out. A whole show about young Aragon, and the show like yeah, Aragon's the king in Lord of the Rings, who becomes the king at the end, the one who's the knight rider or whatever that helps Frodo. It's his story as a young man growing up. No kidding. And they just gave him a billion dollars. I don't think network TV is willing to give someone a billion dollars. Absolutely. Not. I don't care who you are. I don't care if Steven Spielberg goes. I want to launch my new show like Jurassic Park on NBC. They're not giving him a billion dollars. They're not giving no. anyone that up front, and they did to him. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. Thank you for listening to the Nightcap. Oh, hello. This is different. We're taking a break in the middle of the interview. Just to take a few minutes to let you know and remind you that we are drinking Centauri whiskey, which is a Japanese whiskey. It is one of my very favorite whiskeys that I drink on a regular basis. And I'm saying that and reiterating it to say that if you work for a liquor distiller or you work for a liquor company and you want the Nightcap podcast to talk, tag, and promote your brand or your whiskey, please let us know. And also, if you are a fan of the Nightcap Podcast and you have a bottle of whiskey or scotch or something that is brown, please let me know. I'm always looking for new suggestions, and I love trying new liquors, and it is always very much needed. So hit us up at the Nightcap Podcast on our SoundCloud or iTunes or email us at Shift Division Media. Hello, welcome back to the, the Nightcap Podcast. We are still here with my friend Casey. We're going over our top five shows uh, for the first six months of the year, uh, we're gonna go one at a time. So, what is your fifth ranked show of the of the year so far? Fifth ranked. Yeah, we're gonna start five. We're gonna five to one. Oh. You don't want to give out the goat to begin with. Um, I'll go Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. I still I still like it. I I think it's definitely dropped off. Do you think it was because they cut off uh, Bachman, Mister Bachman? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he was missing. Um, unfortunately, whatever happened mm-hmm. with him, um, sounds like he's going in a downward spiral, especially with his bomb threat on the train. And dude, yeah, he's kind of he's he's someone that you worry about. Yeah, like you yeah. think that Eric Bachman might actually be Eric Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> he might actually be that guy. He's he's definitely. Um, I definitely thought he was a, a a good part of that show that I like watching. You know, mm-hmm. um, I still like the Martin Star and uh, Kamal Nujani mm-hmm. um, dynamic, but uh, he was definitely a, a third factor that I you know, I just I don't like. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the main character. The main character. The main character. This is one of the unlikable. rare things about Silicon or about any TV show ever, but especially with Silicon Valley. The in this season, there was more of the main character than any other season, and it was the worst part of the show. Yeah, and it was, and it, this might be my least favorite because there was so much of him. But I'll say this: I wonder how many more seasons they have 
because Kamal is doing a lot, and the other dude's the Verizon commercial guy, and then the fourth guy, uh, Guilfoyle, he's in movies and TV now, too. He's expanded. I think pretty much everyone in that show. Also, even uh, Jin Yang... Has a he's stand up comic. He's got like a tour he's doing. Really, they're all they're all growing pretty quickly. He was on Diaz Samiro. They talked to him. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, so he's. I think the show's growing. Like every member of that show's, you know, growing in success. Other than the guy that left because he thought he was too successful. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Yeah. So uh, my fifth ranked show um, is Billions. It was Billions. It it was kind of a three way tie because it's between The Good Place, Handmaid's Tale, and Billions. I picked Billions because. It's a better show to me than The Good Place. The Good Place has like this like hopeful view of the world and idealistic view that Mike Schur really delivers, especially with Parks and Rec. But like Billions is just a better like punch, like just adrenaline ride, punch in the face. Really good show. Pop culture references from from WWE wrestling to hardcore punk rock to random obscure uh the godfather references that people get wrong it's it, just a brilliant show really 90s super yeah. group traveling yeah. wilburys <laughs> yeah they're traveling wilburys so you were you were not a wilbury not a wilbur <laughs> totally not a wilbury and then also they they also drank one of my favorite liquors i've ever had in my life which is um the celebration cask that they had the uh ah dang it how do i forget this um I always say it, um, Midkers, the Midkers uh, Celebration Smash. It's like $60,000 bottle of liquor. I've had one ounce of it. Really? Yes, I did. Good for you. And it was amazing. I'm sure. I love I love that liquor anyway. Okay, so number four. What was your number four show? Um, if I had to pick <sighs> Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Which is... Definitely past its. I didn't think it, I didn't think that would be in your top ten, but I'm surprised. I still enjoy it um, as much as I love to hate it. I also still enjoy it, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Um, especially since Andrew Lincoln has now decided to leave. That was a, that, that was the one thing I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's that's a big sign, and Lauren do, do Cohen you think it's as a well. Good sign though. Like, can they make a show outside of Rick that maybe changes the show for the better? Maybe challenges them. Um, or does it just I think, the best people start falling off? I think they are stuck in doing what they do. I don't think the show's going to change. Because the ratings are good. The ratings because people watch I don't, the no, show. No, 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 no. Ratings aren't good. Oh, they aren't? Okay. No. So AMC just needs it. A, a, it. The show peaked when they had um, Negan mm-hmm. hit the uh, Kill Glenn and uh, what's the redheaded dude's name? Abraham. Abraham. Abraham, when when they killed that, thank the, you, Mike and Michelle. They that show peaked. The the sh- ratings have never been higher than than that show right there, and everything else has been a downward trend. I don't think they're ever going to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they reached their apex. They yeah, it's it's arced. It's mm-hmm. it's it's on the downward trend. I don't. Uh, Andrew Lincoln leaving. Um, from what I read, they're going to give Norman Reedus more money to be the main uh, character in the show. Man, they're doubling down on his stock, and I don't see that as a good thing because he's not in anything else other than the show. Yeah, like you know, you know, like you've gotten a good character or a good actor if other things try to start 
gra- like pulling him towards other things, and that right. dude hasn't had that happen whatsoever. Um, I heard Lauren Cohen is going to be uh, Maggie. She's mm-hmm. going to be uh, part time. I don't think she's going to be a a, a big part of it. So um, she's going the way of the guy that used to run that place. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's a, what the hell is that? <laughs> that's such an hateable, such a. Uh, that's a good character. Yeah. You know, if you hate him that much, he's doing a good job. Absolutely. You know, I forget his goddamn name, but um, <laughs> but it, it's still it's still a good show. Um, I've I tell you what, I've stopped watching Talking Dead. Um, I don't watch Fear the Walking Dead. It's that I, I don't either. Me. It's I, not in the world that I care it's, about. It, it, it's yeah. And even the Walking Dead, like I, I'll tell you this: if you have a twenty, this is the challenge. Also, the biggest thing about network TV, we talked about network TV for fifteen minutes. I didn't mention this: twenty-two episodes. That yeah. is a burden. That's that is such a burden. You can't do Mad Men twenty-two episodes. You can't do Breaking Bad twenty-two episodes. No. You can't do Billions twenty-two episodes without becoming monotonous. Monotonous. Without becoming repetitive. Without becoming um, just just filler, yeah. you're creating filler material. Yeah. Let Let's cut out the fat and let's let's stop walking through the woods right. and someone tripping over a branch and getting eaten, and that's somehow surprising. And that's, that's an episode. That's, yeah, that's an that's, entire episode. <laughs> let's not make that anymore. Let's yeah. Let's cut the fat out and let's just get to the meat of the product, which is um, them. Fight because humans, yeah, just humans fighting humans. I mean, and every, every Walking Dead, every Walking Dead episode is what they split it up so it's six episodes mm-hmm. or six, ten episodes, something like that. And they always have one or two filler episodes. And it's always they start at the beginning and they create the conflict, they have some filler, and then at the end, it's the actual uh conflict and the um. And that's essentially what you're waiting for the entire season. So yeah. So like the big thing was the war with the, with Negan. The war yeah. with Negan was about to happen. They stressed right. that over 22 episodes. Yeah. Like to get in it's, there. To get in there. And oh, it's it, that's a long that's a long road to hoe. So yeah. you, and it's it's kind of like Pusha T's album. Seven songs were really good. If he would have done 12, you would have had five that you probably wanted to throw away. Right. So my fourth ranked show is Legion. Legion is such a good show. But it can't go higher than four for me, strictly because it's also really hard to understand. Like, really? Like they, it is such a abstract show going in, in so many directions and trying to confuse you that it's, you're completely, it's, it's, it's a web, it weaves a web that sometimes I get lost in. It's one of those shows I have to watch twice, I would say. I have to watch each episode twice so I can really? kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Did huh. you give up after season one, or did you not ever start? I've it? never watched a single episode of Legion. Really, I'm surprised yeah. with that because it's got like Noah Hawling is someone I figured like you would you would vibe with. Mm. I'm not I'm not ruling it out. There are mm-hmm. shows that I will rule out just based on a certain premise, but I'm not against it. But there is a certain way to watch television these days. That we yeah, no, have that we have this luxury that we never had before, and that's the ability to watch something from the beginning to the end. That we call it binge watching, but it's the ability to watch some watch it based on the writer's version of how they want it mm-hmm. to be perceived, 
and I'm doing that with Westworld season two right now. Okay. Haven't seen a single episode. I'm 100% sure it's very good <laughs> from what you said. I It, it, it is good. It I, is good. I want to watch it, but I'm, I'm holding myself back. I'm, it's not I'm, my top five, though. Really? Yeah, it's not my, Westworld's not my top five. Well, season one was very hard for me to watch. Thank you, John Michael Espina, mm-hmm. for explaining it to me. Because <laughs> I was like, the time to he's go like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's this. And I'm like, this. If I like, I spend two hours a week listening to podcasts to explain the one hour of television that I watch, <laughs> and it it surprises me how much that uh, Jonathan Nolan is able to scr- like cram into that show, and it's it really does. It, it's it's a tough hang. If you ever have uh, questions about Westworld that you want to send to the podcast, I'll be sure to answer. Okay, I was I was just I mean, I I was lost, mm-hmm. but I kind of thought I knew what was going on. But then when you're like, no, 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 just wait, watch what happens, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? This is this, and and this is gonna happen. I'm like, no, no, no. Then you're like, well, I don't. I don't fucking know what's going on. So I'm going to watch season two from beginning to end without a week break in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to better understand what's. Yeah. It's It's, more concise. It's it's a 10 hour movie. It's not, it's not an episodic show. Okay. It's a, it's a 10 hour movie that I'm actually looking forward to watching. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to turn my tune myself out from reality for 10 hours and, and uh, just lock myself into my living room and uh, figure out what the hell they want to paint with this picture. Yeah, with this yeah. picture to be. All right. And so, what's your third third uh, show? Oh God, um, Homeland. Really? Yeah. Because I I thought we were both out on Homeland for a few seasons. Right. They went to right. They went to Hey, this is stupid town. Like where it's like I don't well, really like that show very much. Well, there's certain aspects of Homeland that. Um, I kind of wish that would die, and that <laughs> is, is it the main character crying all the time. <laughs> no, it's 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 the um, it's her and her baby. Okay, I really don't care about her and her her little bastard child. <laughs> um, maybe that's because he of the became sun. a billionaire. It's they some faked of the his sun, death. He Suntory. became bo- bo- <laughs> Bobby Axelrod. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think. Um, I think part of that um, storyline with her and her child, and I know what it does. It it, it creates it, it, it creates um, juxtaposition to the rest of the storyline because it, it creates drama mm-hmm. because she has to deal with her child on but top she's of her the world. Right, she's saving the world. Every time her sister gets mad at her, you're like, she's saving the world. Right, and, and it's just like. She has done all this stuff for America, and her sister acts like it hasn't happened. Right, like, right. If Carrie's running out of the house, I think that there's a problem. <laughs> but I, I did Homeland the way I'm doing Westworld right now, which I never watched a single episode when it aired. You haven't watched one yet? No, 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 no. I watched the final. I watched the season seven, but I DVR'd the entire season and didn't watch it until it mm-hmm. finaled. And then I was like, all right, we're done. Let's knock all of it out. And, and I didn't watch it. Be, not be, Only reason is because I really wasn't that enthralled with watching the entire season episodically from one week to another. I was just like, eh, it's Homeland. It's not really that great anymore. Um, I haven't really been that in, 
intrigued with it. So I'm going to watch it a different way. Mm-hmm. And I watched it one episode back to back, knocked it out in about three to four days mm-hmm. and just knocked out, I think it was at 10 episodes. Yeah. And you liked it more. It definitely was liked it, was it more. It was better. And, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Not every, not every TV show is built for the wait, one, wait, wait, one wait week. a week. Yeah. Wait a week. Model. Yeah. And you know what? Atlanta almost is that way for me sometimes. Uh, I need to digest more of it quicker. And here's the crazy thing. I'm th- I'm thinking about doing that with Game of Thrones in 2019. Ooh. But I can't do it because everyone else in the <laughs> goddamn world is going to be talking about it week 1 to week 2 to week 3 to week 4. And, and I'm, I'm going to I'm the main thing. I'm going to be I'm going to text you about the show and be like if you haven't watched by Tuesday, <laughs> I'm ruining your world. Yeah. I'm just going to ruin it for you. But I'll tell you what though, being a a gentleman that has watched so much television, and I've told you this before in the past, I cannot be, um, I cannot be deterred by what I hear or see. Like mm. you can, if you, you can tell spoil me a movie's things. bad. You're still gonna watch it. Yeah, you can spoil things for me. You can tell me the ending. I mean, you could have told me the ending, The Sixth Sense, which is a big. Huge spoiler. I still would watch it because I've seen so much that I can't be um, taken aghast by how it ends or, yeah, the, or, or the, what the, happens. Yeah, the, the the rabbit coming out of the hat isn't <laughs> like it's gonna the 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 entertainment of the person is gonna right. I've seen it you. so many times. Yeah. I've seen ten thousand movies. I got you. I got you. I just I'm not surprised anymore. I mean, I still enjoy it, but. You're not gonna surprise me at the very end. Okay, all right. And so my third, my third show uh, is, so uh, oh, Barry. Okay. Barry is mine. Yeah. Barry is mine. Extremely entertaining. Really funny. Really original. I felt like they. I thought it was gonna be one thing. I thought it was going to be a comedy, and it ended up being the darkest comedy I've seen in a, other than British television on very BBC. Very dark. Very dark comedy. And tackled serious issues from a comedic perspective. It's really interesting that you have these guys like John Oliver and Bill Hader and Trevor Noah being comedians, but talking about serious things and political things and PTSD, which is talked about in Barry. And they do it really well. And so that's that's my third show. What's your t- what's your second show? What's your number two? I would say my second show, which is going to be very controversial. I think Roseanne. Really? Yeah. Really? It was Cancel. good. Cancel show. Let's. Uh, uh, Did you register to vote so you can vote for Trump? <laughs> What's going on? Did, I you, was, trick? Did you just okie doke me? Let's, <laughs> let's omit the fact of what she tweeted away okay. from my consideration, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Just base it on the writing of. Like they connected. It was, it's the same feeling from right. the beginning to then. I mean, look at the all-star cast. They had Norm MacDonald in the writing room. Mm-hmm. They had Whitney Cummings in the writing room. Writing room. They had writing room is pretty, pretty <laughs> accurate for her too. Wanda Sykes. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Executive producer. And you had, you had Roseanne. Those are four major fucking stand-ups that have really delivering. Yeah. Yeah. So got a reputation for and it, it it hit good. It it captured what that show was about and projected it, you know, ten, whatever, twenty years, fifteen years down the road mm-hmm. and picked right up without a fucking hitch. I think it did very good. I watched that I watched the entire season. 
Um, I'm sad that it's gone, but she um, screwed the screwed it up. She dug bit. her own grave with the, with that tweet. Yeah, and uh, she's not digging herself out <laughs> no. at all. No, no, right now. Yeah, I I said on uh, my last podcast if Ambient makes you racist. Then I was like, Ambient can't make you racist because if a drug could make you racist, then people that colored or minorities would have been spending the last twenty five years creating a pill that would make you racist. So <laughs> right. and then yeah. You know, so uh, my second ranked show of the year is Killing Eve. Killing Eve, uh, which I don't believe you've seen. I have not. Seen it is on episode. BBC. It is amazing. It is a great show. It is one of one of the most original shows. I would say it. It's original in being a detective crime drama show. Okay. And so to be in that lane and to still feel original and the way that they they literally have a, a, an assassin, a killer roaming the streets and in killing people, there's comedy in those moments. In those like quiet moments of what's happening, there's comedy. There's also like um, sexuality is discussed, parenting is discussed, um... Hmm. There's just so many things that is that 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 are you're you're um, confronted with while watching the show. Uh, really good BBC show. It's completed. You can watch all of the episodes if you want to binge it. Um, you can probably stream it on your cable or something like that. But uh, really good show. I think that you guys should watch it. What is your number one show for the first six months of 2016? Greatest show 18, 18. on I've been television. To say 16 the whole time. Greatest show on television by far. Better than anything else I've ever seen all year long is Atlanta. Oh, I thought you were going to go Cobra Kai. <laughs> I have I've not watched it yet. Um, my uh, my Fire Stick isn't uh, working for me to illegally stream uh, TV shows right now. But um, Atlanta is it's how how I can tell how much I love that show that when it's over I still want it to continue yeah you're thirsty you're you're hungry for more yeah i just i keep i keep wanting more of it when it's over and Mm -hmm. that sucks and that's when i know it's a good show if you're like if you're watching a show 20 minutes into it and you're like man how much left that's when you know it's a bad show yeah if you're watching it and you're like fuck how much is left i still want it to keep or you forget that it's like every once in a while westworld i look around and go god am i still god is this like there's another there's another scene there's another sequence <laughs> yeah. there's a scene transition What's another thirty minutes left Jesus <laughs> what are they gonna go This is a tough this is a tough hang But Atlanta I'm like it's it's perfection Donald Glover is killing it killing it in every aspect of his life That dude is a force to be reckoned with Yeah I, I mean, agree I agree I love that song I mean he killed on on. Uh, on Saturday Night Live, dude. This, yeah, yeah. Both of them. Both of them are very good. I was. He. He's having. He's having his moment as. And so, spoiler alert. My number one show for the first six months is Atlanta as well. I thought that they took. You're copying me. Yeah, I am. Uh, they, <laughs> for me, they decided to go a different route. They decided to be like in season one. I would say it was more random. You would have so many canon episodes that that went off in different directions. And this was their first thing where they they had a story to tell. It was Robin season. Everything wrapped around that. And then they wanted, they basically stuck in each episode, even though you still had the Teddy Perkins episode. You still had the, the Woods so episode. So fucking weird. Yeah. That, said, that, that episode messed with me for like a week. I'm do like, you know he stayed in that character the whole time they shot really? that? Really? He uh, never, he act, like while it, while, it was so cut, while it was cut, he would just walk around and be like, 
Hello, Teddy Pikes. <laughs> but so, so weird. Even though you have those episodes and like Champagne Poppy's episode, um, you still felt like it was moving along to there was a big problem. Right. What's going to happen with Earn? What's going to happen with Paperboy? At the end, where where are they going to end up? Are they going to end up together? And it, it it finished it, but in doing that, it was still original. It was still brilliant. It was still yep. like even like the 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 way they tackled the relationship and communication between a couple and a girlfriend and a boyfriend and what arguments are like to the to the decision of whether to like are you are you down for the cause or not and like that that question that every celebrity's probably had and the thing that they're writing from is experience which which really helps is Donald Glover realizing that these are conversations he's probably had with people and I think the the one conversation I talked to Mike about this before the question that Donald Glover as a person has gone through is the question that Ern was faced with when Cat Williams, which best random character, like between him and BB, the barber, like between those two guys is just freaking <laughs> gold. The question that I feel like Donald Glover and that Ern were going through is like, how long are you going to have that chip on your shoulder? When are you, how long are you going to be angry at the world? Because they were mean to you for your, you know, your first few years. And right. I think tackling that so beautiful in the season, I thought they did really good. I mean, I mean, if I had to compare it to a television show, it's to me, it's it's like the Black Seinfeld, mm-hmm. like it's the probably number two show of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, just what is it? Second season? Second season. I mean, it's have they have they announced? I don't think they've announced. They have announced they're doing a third season. So yeah, Mike would be assist there. Wow, that's. I mean, I was it, worried they might not. It's. I mean, and they, you don't they, know what Donald Glover's going to do. Donald and, Glover could come out tomorrow and say he's going to be um, a painter, a pop art painter tomorrow, right. and you'd be like, "Well, I guess he's going to do it." I mean, yeah. They, they got the world. they got the four characters, the four main characters, mm-hmm. just like Seinfeld. And I kind of think, uh, um, and and like Seinfeld, not all four of them have to have predominant roles in every episode. Right, like there's episodes Zazie Beats isn't in it. There's episode Paperboys. There's an episode where it's only um, Darius, Darius, the guy, who, the guy who's my favorite character, who's just completely the nicest person in the world and is the highest person. He reminds me of Kramer. Yeah, he, I guess he. <laughs> Paperboys you know like I think, the, I, think this, I think Casey's really onto something with this, but yeah, you're right. Like, I think Paperboy is like the George Costanza. I think uh, Ern is Seinfeld, and. Uh, what do you think? How do you think the season ended for Earn? How does it end? How did it? How did it end? How did it end? Because this was definitely. I, I like to say there are sh- like every show has to me an Empire Strike Strikes Back season where the bad guy wins in the season. There are only bad stories. Like every story ends up in a downward turn, and this definitely felt like that. But I felt like Earn, even though his his. He lost a lot in this episode or in the season. He won in a way because in losing he learned something. I think this. How, how did it end? With him uh, sticking the gun, <laughs> sticking oh, the gun on the airport. Manager. Yeah. Like, I'm saying this like beautiful oh, scene great. thing, but really he just hit a gun in the guy's briefcase and then he that just was kind of that was that was fucking great. Yeah, that was like perfect. That was that was just. I him. was happy about it. I was happy about it too. But at the same time, like he's had real life struggles. Yeah. Like, so so that got renewed. We have Game of Thrones coming back, not this year, but next year. What are some shows that you're looking forward to coming out? I know we, I, at least me, 
Mr. Robot. I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah. Um, there's two shows that I'm looking forward to. One, uh, Sharp Objects, which Ooh, is an yeah. HBO show. Is that a that's a that's a miniseries, right? Not miniseries, but a limited series. I so think it's it, just one I think it is right. limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's coming out pretty soon on HBO. Um, and Amazon's coming out with uh, John Krasinski mm-hmm. being Jack Reacher, and that's coming out in August. And I'm definitely looking forward to that because I really like uh, Krasinski. I think he's doing a. I think it'll be really good with a Jack Reacher character. Yeah, I think he. I definitely think he's been like going in that lane of characters as far as stretching himself uh, with the um, show he or the movie he was just in, which was he was in, you know, a soldier. And now with this one, uh, I'm pretty excited for the rest of Succession. We're one episode in. Um, that was one that I was really excited about. Um, Jack Reacher, uh, Stranger Things. Is that yeah. coming out? I, th- I think that's coming out at the end of this Is year. It? Yeah. No, it oh, can't, it can't, be. can't they, be. They just had it. It's had the season come out this year. What? No, it was October last October year. October last year. So okay. I think I think they'll probably release oh, around the same that's time. Four months away. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the other ones that I'm pretty excited for are some like just next seasons as they continue down the road. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. Mark Luke Cage comes out with a new one. I'm pretty pumped for that. Preacher comes back out. I'm pretty excited for that one. Um, Mr. Robot, which is always a staple. I'm excited to see Mr. Robot because I'm excited to see it where the story goes because it, for the longest time it was Elliot you were rooting for him to up in the system and now he's at the point where he realizes that what he was doing was just helping the system all along right um I don't we didn't talk about this at all but Orange is the New Black they have a new season coming out mm. my favorite season of the show ever was last season really I liked it I liked that they tackled an actual serious issue real life issue which is like cops killing people yeah and, and um, like really got really got into that I think it's uh, ooh I think it's on this downward trend like uh, oh no I don't think they have much left I don't yeah. think they have much longer what was it five seasons mm-hmm. yeah. yeah five seasons um, what were you gonna say uh, the the other one that I saw sorry I just passed it on my list um, was Animals the cartoon that HBO has, <laughs> like, is a random thing. I that's one of my favorite. That that and high maintenance. If you guys uh, are on HBO and you're looking for random things that come on, they're not on like the Sunday night HBO. They're more on like the I think it's like multi night. Like they have multiple episodes a week on HBO. But animals and high maintenance are really good. Animals is a cartoon where it's literally about animals living in the world. Really dark Duplass comedy. And then high maintenance is about a guy that sells weed riding his bike around New York City. True Detective season three. Ooh, I think yes. it's gonna be good. Okay. Um, I don't really know what you're doing there, but I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I'm look. I'm I'm scanning Netflix oh, in my brain. Uh, Better Call Saul. August Better 6th. Call Saul. Better Call yes. Saul. And uh, other than that, also I know you're really excited for Ballers. Yeah, I, I like that show. I, um, I'm not a big fan of that show. I actually just quit on it in the middle of season three. It's it's, it's becoming. It became. It went. It started as a as a show that I like to. Now it's kind of a a guilty pleasure. Okay, it, it's, it's one of those shows. That's, Everyone's got one. Mine's Vanderpump Rules, and I and I wear that badge proud, takes proudly. Takes a, like, a big man to admit that. And I like a Bravo TV show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, thank you, Casey, for coming on the show. It's our no first problem. one together. I'll cheers you one last time. Yes, sir. And uh, hope you enjoyed the Centauri. Yep. And that was delicious. Uh, great podcast. Good good to talk TV with you. Good to see you. it's been a little while since we've hung out. So yeah. and thank you for everyone for listening. This is the Nightcap Podcast. We're out. And this is the Nightcap Song of the Week. It is Churches Never Say Die. Hope you guys like it. See you.